Welcome to Diverse, the podcast of the Society of Women Engineers. SWE is a catalyst for change in the engineering industry, and one of the biggest ways we inspire that change is through our annual SWE Conference for Women Engineers and Technologists. This year's conference, WE21 in Indianapolis, Indiana, will help attendees at all ages and stages learn, connect, and grow. Join us for three days of networking and relationship building, over 250 professional development sessions, three inspirational keynotes, and a career fair featuring more than 300 exhibitors. Let's aspire to inspire at WE21, October 21st through the 23rd. Head to we21.swe.org for more info and to register. Hi, I'm Rachel Morford, President of the Society of Women Engineers. Welcome to SWE's Diverse Podcast Series. Please remember to add this podcast to your iTunes and like or follow us on social media. Visit SWE.org for more details. I'm joined today by Patty Poppy. Patty is CEO of PG&E based in San Francisco. She has deep experience in the energy sector where she has focused on projects such as engaging customers and implementing lean strategies. Patty will be the closing keynote speaker on Saturday, October 23rd at WE21 in Indianapolis. Thanks for joining us, Patty. Thank you, Rachel. So happy to be with you. I'm very excited to hear you speak at our conference in October. But until then, can you answer a few questions that I know our listeners are very eager to hear responses to? Always happy to talk to a sweet audience. Be my pleasure. So you have degrees in both business and industrial engineering. How did your STEM education prepare you to be CEO today? You know, Rachel, um, really, it prepared me very well, particularly being an industrial engineer. And uh, I think there was a time in college, and any industrial engineers tuned in today will recognize this, where sometimes the mechanical engineers and sometimes the double E's would accuse us industrial engineers of being imaginary engineers. And so I encourage all industrial engineers out there to rebut with, imagine me as your boss, because more IEs are CEOs than any other kind of engineer. And uh, that's mainly because we are trained to problem solve, like all engineers. I think engineers in general are great problem solvers, but industrial engineers are trained to make things better, to continuously improve. And that's exactly what's required to run a company or any organization. And so those problem solving basics still help me every single day. That is a great rebuttal. And I think a lot of engineers could likely respond that way to anyone who questions why they're getting their engineering degree. You've had a really interesting career in some very male-dominated fields, energy and automotive. Can you tell us a bit about your career trajectory? You bet. You know, it all started uh, at a Women in Engineering Career Day at Purdue University. I thought engineering sounded boring. My dad was really encouraging me to be an engineer, and um, uh, he took me down to Purdue for that Engineering Career Day, and I met the most incredible women that day definitely changed my life. It inspired me to become an engineer. And through that, I was prepared to pursue my career goals and went on into operations, specifically in automotive right away. I loved making things. I loved seeing daily results, good and bad. uh, And that motivated continuous improvement. 
And so after 15 years in automotive operations, I switched to the energy space where I've spent the last 15 years. Uh, the last five, I was CEO of CMS Energy in Michigan, and now I'm the CEO of PG&E during a very challenging turnaround. It sounds like those women you met at the Women in Engineering Career Day might have been women you aspired to be like to go along with our conference theme. And I know now you're very much an inspiration to women all over the world and in Sweden in particular. Along those lines, it's important to note that you're a trailblazer. You were the first female president in Consumer Energy's 129-year history, and you were inducted into the Automotive Hall of Fame with the Young Leaders and Excellence Award. As a woman, and sometimes the first woman in certain roles, what challenges have you faced? You know, I think uh, it's a challenge that's familiar to many of your listeners and many of the SWE members, I think. The biggest challenge is actually inside of us, not against us. You know, I think back, I was lucky, really lucky to have a, a high school math teacher who encouraged me to believe in myself. And I leaned on her advice many, many times. In fact, she said to me, Patty, don't let anyone ever tell you there's something you can't do. And so I, I think back to that conversation she and I had, and then I fast forward to my very first day in an automobile assembly plant as a young engineer, you know, a ponytail and blue jeans. And these, I was walking down the main aisle and these guys pulled up alongside of me in a golf cart. And, and they said, what are you doing here? And just freeze frame that for a minute. If you imagine that moment, if I said to myself, I don't know, I don't belong. I don't see anyone who looks like me. Maybe I shouldn't be here. They would have picked right up on that. But instead, those words of my high school math teacher came straight to my head. And, and I remember looking at him and sort of out of nowhere, I said, hey, fellas, we got work to do. I've got a job to do. You've got a job to do. You know, let's get busy. And they looked at me and they're like, oh, OK, do you need a ride somewhere? And I was like, yes, because <laughs> I did not know where I was going. So the, the message here for everyone is that we all have something special to offer. We all have unique capabilities and we first have to believe in ourselves. And when we do, that becomes contagious. Other people will believe in us too. And so I think that uh, really is the way to kind of tackle that challenge of I don't belong. You just have to decide that in fact you do. Patty, thank you so much for sharing that story. I think it's one that a lot of our listeners can probably relate to and that advice of just taking ownership is so critical, I think, for every young engineer and seasoned engineer to hear. I hear that you have an unusual approach to leadership as well as to corporate accountability. The first is based on a four-letter word that a lot of executives are afraid to use. The second is a novel way of measuring success. Can you explain them to us? You bet. And I'm guessing that uh, you're referencing our company purpose at PG&E, which includes leading with love. And uh, I think the world needs more of that these days. <laughs> I do believe that if all companies led with love, the world would be a better place. And leaders should not be afraid to, in fact, use both their head and their hearts to make sure that our businesses, our organizations are having the maximum impact for the benefit of others. And so at PG&E, we actually measure our purpose, which includes leading with love, by not the traditional bottom line, but instead by what we call our triple bottom line. 
And we didn't invent that phrase. It has long tradition. But uh, at PG&E, what it means for us is it means that we are serving people, we're serving the planet, and we are serving California's prosperity. And uh, I do stand that 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 triple bottom line is a much more sustainable business model and creates an environment where we can use our unique talents and capabilities as an organization and as individuals to make a real difference in the world that lasts. It sounds like it's very encouraging of people to bring their whole selves to work as well. That's a big part of it. With your experience in both the energy sector and the automotive sector, you're a great one to ask about the importance of electric vehicles. I know I drive a hybrid electric in Southern California. Why is this such an important change in the automotive industry? Well, first of all, thank you, Rachel, for doing your part. Um, Happy to hear that you're driving a hybrid. I do think this is an incredibly important change for the world, for our planet, for the war on climate and climate change. You know, 2019 was the first year that carbon emissions were greater from transportation than from power generation. Utilities have drastically reduced our carbon emissions by massive investments in renewable energy and the retirement of coal plants. Uh, At my prior company, we retired uh, seven of our 12 coal plants, uh, and they are in the process of actually retiring the rest. They've made a public announcement just recently, and I'm so proud of the Consumers Energy team for their leadership in that way. Uh, Electric vehicles have the potential to dramatically reduce the carbon emissions and provide a mobile energy resource that can help us reinvent the modern grid. I will warn you, I could talk about this for hours, but I think there's an amazing intersection between electric vehicles and cleaner electricity production, which are essential game changers in this war on climate change. And and I'm really excited about where we're going with it. I think that also is a really critical connection point between the two industries that you've worked in that I hadn't I had not put together previously in preparing for this discussion. So thank you for highlighting that. I think that's something that a lot of our listeners will really resonate with. You have a history of working with and funding STEM-focused organizations. What sort of impact have you seen from that? And how has that affected your thinking about where such organizations can do the most good? Well, first, I have to give a huge shout out to the Society of Women Engineers. I have long been a member when I was at Purdue years and 30 years ago. uh, I was the president of the student section there and count my experiences in SWE at the collegiate level as a critical accelerant to my professional success. I learned during that time at Purdue how to manage a budget and how to lead a team of people. And we had a really large student section and organizing people were really important skills that I could take right into the workforce and have experiences that other college students hadn't have. And so I definitely still have dear friends, very active and sweet, looking forward to seeing each other in Indianapolis at the conference And I have two daughters who also became engineers and had great experiences with their SWE sections. Um, So yay for SWE, big fan, big fan. Another organization that I do think does a great job in making STEM fun is First Robotics. It's a fantastic organization that gives early access to young people to prepare them to pursue STEM careers. They do a fabulous job 
of dispelling the myth that STEM is boring. They know that STEM is not boring. STEM is fun and it changes the world. And so I just think it's, those are two organizations that I think really make a big difference uh, in the lives of young people and prepare professionals uh, for uh, success and advancement. Well, thank you so much, Patty, for having served as a leader in SWE at your Purdue student section. I know that all of our Purdue alumni and current students are likely cheering as they're listening to this to see where one of their colleagues has accelerated her career into. Currently, you serve on the boards of the Edison Electric Institute and the American Gas Association. How do you think your presence and the presence of other women helps achieve diversity goals through such organizations? You know, Rachel, you might be surprised and your listeners might be surprised to learn that the utility sector has had more women CEOs than any other sector, uh, which is fascinating to me. And I do think that more of us beget more of us. You know, I, I think that being at the table of the Edison Electric Institute, where I'm at the table with all the other utility CEOs and the American Gas Association, also the other utility CEOs, the more women that are at that table make it more likely then that people will choose and see another woman as a potential CEO as well. And so I do think it creates uh, a pathway for people and I've watched it happen in our industry. So it's pretty exciting to me to see uh, so many glass ceilings being shattered by really talented women, many of them engineers. Um, and I do think particularly at this critical time in our industry, in the energy space, that we need the best and the brightest to join us to reimagine how energy is produced and delivered. And uh, so that means that we definitely need to attract women, underrepresented, minorities, et cetera, to get the best ideas on the table, best serving the people um, who use energy, which reflect a wide diversity, obviously, as all people use energy. So it's an exciting time in the sector. And I think the participation in those groups, Edison Electric Institute and American Gas Association, really does create visibility for the women who are leading this industry. Absolutely. It certainly sounds like it's a exemplar of if you can see it, you can be it and really get others on board with that visible representation that's so critical. Thank you for sharing that. Patty, thank you again for taking the time to speak with us today. I'm certainly looking forward to hearing more of your thoughts during your closing keynote during our WE21 this October. I really appreciate the time that you've taken with us today to talk about your experience as a trailblazer in the automotive and energy fields and the thoughts that you have on leadership and corporate accountability. I think a lot of our listeners will take away the fact that your current company's purpose at PG&E includes leading with love and how unique that is in this engineering industry. Well, I can't wait to be with all my sweet pals and friends and be reconnected with everyone and uh, really looking forward to the events this uh, October. And thanks, Rachel, for your leadership. Uh, look forward to spending more time with you. Thanks again. I'm Rachel Morford. For all of us at SWE, thanks for listening. We hope you 
enjoyed this episode of Diverse, remember to head to we21.swe.org to learn more about and register for this year's conference. 